Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. And today I'm going to start a new uh, series, and I want to look at weakness. Now you might think, why would you look at weakness? Surely you'd look at strength. You know, don't we want to be strong? But we're going to find that strength is not necessarily the greatest thing of all. And in Christ Jesus, we need to understand weakness so that we can grow in strength. So today I'm looking at uh, God's power over weakness. Now we're going through a tough struggle at the present time. The world is beset with all kinds of trials and tribulations as a result of the COVID-19 crisis. But in all of these things, God helps us through the weaknesses that we suffer. He is our strength in these times of trouble. So my aim today is to recognise the strength that we find in Jesus Christ, and that's strength out of weakness, to see how the Lord has always, always helped his people in times of stress and in times of weakness, and to be encouraged and lifted up by this knowledge. So the first verse that I want to go and have a look at now is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. And in fact, all of the verses today are coming out of the book of Hebrews. So anyway, Hebrews 4, 15. Uh, Oh, sorry, I'll read from verse 12. And it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So the first thing we see in this is that God sees everything. He sees not just your physical self. He sees right through to the very core of your being, of who you are. As it says there, his word is living and active, and it pierces to the division of soul and spirit. That's how deeply the Lord can see into who we are. And no creature is hidden. We're all open and laid bare to the eyes of God. Going on in verse 14, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So this is the great thing that we have in Jesus Christ, or one of the great things. There are many, many great things, but this is one of the great things. We have a high priest. Jesus is a high priest, uh, and he is attending in the very presence of the Father himself. But we have this great high priest who lived on this earth. He saw firsthand, and he felt firsthand what it means to be a man. He understands what mankind is all about, not through, like, textbook learning, as some people do here, you know, I mean, academics, they talk about things from textbook learning, but many times they haven't actually lived those same things. Well, Jesus lived it. This wasn't some textbook thing for him. He lived what it was like to be a man. And so he understands our weaknesses. And that's a great thing. Because in verse 15 there, it says, For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, And sometimes uh, under the Jewish law, they could go to the high priest, and the high priest may not have lived some of the things that the people went through. But Jesus can understand these things. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now you think about that. 
Jesus, when he was on earth, was tempted in all of the same ways that we are tempted as human beings. I mean, we look at the temptations that he went through in the wilderness, you know, when the devil came and tempted him. And it talks about three temptations there. He was tempted with uh, hunger, he was tempted with, with power, and he was uh, tempted with um, uh, something else that just escapes me at present. But anyway, he was tempted three ways. Now, that wasn't the end of his temptations. We know that he was tempted by the devil through Peter, where Peter said, no, Lord. You know, when Jesus was talking about um, he had to go and be put to death. And Peter said, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for you're not on the side of God, but on the side of men. Now, he was tempted there. He was tempted in the garden when he prayed to God. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But he knew enough to say, but your will be done, not mine, because he knew he had to go through this. He was tempted in many ways. And you can't believe for one second that he wasn't tempted with many of the things that we're tempted with today. You know, one of the big ones today is uh, sexual lust and desire. Now, it seems as though everyone who is famous, they have their hangers on and they have their their um, women who go chasing them, or men in the case of women. And, you know, we see it with um, music stars and movie stars. There's always a uh, a group of women who are chasing the movie stars. You, you, you think of some of the people who are famous in film or famous in music. And many of them succumb to those temptations. Now, you can't think that someone as famous as the Lord Jesus, who was walking on water and he was healing the sick and doing all those things, didn't have women throwing themselves at him in his day. I mean, it doesn't talk about it in the Bible, but uh, I would be very, very surprised if that didn't happen. And so he understands those temptations as well, because even though he was God, he was a man. Even though he was the son of God, he was here as a man. And he would have felt all of those same lures and desires and temptations that the rest of us do. But as it says there at the end of verse 15, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So even though he may have had those temptations, he did not succumb to those temptations. And it's important because we are weak. Man in his fallen state is in a weakened state. But Jesus, as our high priest, understands our fallen state because he's been there. And, you know, I've always said, you know, to, to really understand someone else, to really get a full, deep understanding of someone else, you need to walk a mile in their shoes. Well, Jesus walked more than a mile in our shoes. He, he lived for 33 years or thereabouts on this earth, and he walked in the, in the, uh, the same places and the same issues that uh, men went through, but without sin. Anyway, so we go on. Uh, the next verse I'm going to look at is over in Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 32, and it says this. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Now, here we see these are the great men, uh, and it talks about women too, because above that it talks about Rahab the harlot and what she did um, when, the, uh, when Joshua brought the people into, um, into uh, what became the land of Israel. And, uh, and we see here that all of these people, because of their faith, they stood 
righteous before God. And they received all these things. It says, through their faith, they conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions. And it goes on. They quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword. And this is the one I'm interested in. And they won strength out of weakness. So how do you win strength out of weakness? Well, you do it by faith. When you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you're in a time of weakness, and we're talking a moment ago about temptations, if you're being tempted by something, if there is some temptation that is trying to take you, it's trying to uh, control you, you're in a weakened state. You're in a state of weakness. So how do you escape that state of weakness? You escape it through your faith, through believing in Jesus Christ. You escape it by seeking the ways of the Lord. You escape it by coming to Jesus and by looking to him. You escape it through prayer. You put the issue before him. You walk in the spirit. You do all of these kinds of things. And this is how you can overcome the weaknesses that are within you. You turn it over to the Lord. Turn it over in prayer. Turn it over to the Holy Spirit. Speak in tongues. You can walk in the spirit. Um, you can read the Bible, you can study the Word, you can sing uplifting songs, uh, you can meditate on a scripture, you can do all kinds of things. But all of these things are things that will help you to win strength out of weakness. And I can speak from personal experience that when you do these things, the weakness will be quenched. The weakness fades away, it gets crushed down, and you're left at peace and in the strength of the Lord. And so the next scripture I want to look at is in Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to look at um, a few verses. I'm going to start from verse 5 and go down to about 13. And have you forgotten the exhortation which addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage when you are punished by him. Okay, so the first thing we see here, if we're talking about discipline, you know, the Lord is disciplining his people, then to be disciplined, you must have done something wrong. And if you've done something wrong, then you must have been in a state of weakness to have done something wrong. And he talks about being disciplined. Verse 6, For the Lord disciplines him whom he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So that's a good thing too. It's good to understand he doesn't discipline us out of anger. He disciplines us through love. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you're left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time at their pleasure, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. Now that's an important point too, because we've all had parents um, and you know depending on how old you are you may have had teachers uh, who gave you discipline when you mucked up and sometimes the discipline didn't match the crime or the thing that was done wrong uh, and I know I recall at times at school and I uh, I went to school during the time when it was okay to um, to give students the strap if they uh, messed up, you know, you got the strap or the cane or whatever. It wasn't kind of stand in the corner. It wasn't uh, suspensions and it wasn't quiet time. They used to just deal with it straight away. It was kind of, you know, you do the wrong thing, get out the front here, put your hands out, whack, and you got the strap. And that was how they disciplined you back in those days. However, there were a couple of times where I got the belt at school and they were wrong because I wasn't the one who had done the things. 
And there were times, I know, when uh, my parents disciplined me. I remember one time in particular where my mother gave me a, an almighty whack on the legs. You know, she was down doing something and she was going crook because someone had done something, and it was actually my, my younger brother had done something, and, and she thought it was him that was standing next to her. So she just lashed out and went whack and hit me on the legs. Well, that's okay, you know, I mean, uh, it hurt. And then when she looked up, she was all sorrowful and whatever. But people are weak. Humans are weak. You know, we have these weaknesses. We, we don't understand or we don't see the whole picture. But God, God disciplines us for our good, and he does understand the whole picture. He doesn't lash out. He doesn't discipline in anger. As I said before, he disciplines in love. And he disciplines us when we've done the wrong thing, and it's the right discipline for whatever the issue is. And so we need to remember that. And he's not disciplining us for punishment. It's not about punishment. Discipline, the discipline of the Lord is not about punishment. The discipline of the Lord is about training. He's trying to train us to see the difference between what's right and wrong, what's good and evil. That's why he disciplines us, and that's why we get um, this, this discipline. And as I said there back in verse 10, for, the, for they discipline us for a short time for their pleasure, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. And that's why he's disciplining us, so that we can be holy as he is holy. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. And that's right, even the discipline from God. We go, oh, why do I have to go through this? And it seems painful, and it, 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 it hurts, it's hard. But he goes on, he says, later... It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And that's the important thing. We need to be trained by the discipline of the Lord. Therefore, verse 12, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. And so this is our weaknesses he's talking about. Lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees. Well, they're weak and we're drooping because we are suffering. We are suffering through our weaknesses. And he's saying, lift up, look up to the Lord, you know, and make straight paths for your feet. Don't veer to the right and the left. Don't succumb to the temptations that come up. And we will from time to time succumb to the temptations. You know, we can't help it. We are human. But as we grow in the Lord and as he disciplines us and as he trains us and as he teaches us right from wrong, we will do that less and less until we get to the place where we are not tempted by those things anymore. There were things that I was tempted by when I was young and now I'm old and I'm not tempted by those things anymore. There are things I still struggle with and there are things that uh, everyone struggles with. But the Lord is working with me and I know I'm fully convinced and wholeheartedly know that in due course, he will take those things away as well. So we need to strengthen our weak knees. We need to be able to stand and we need to accept it because we are weak. We have these weaknesses. We can receive the strength of the Lord and we can overcome these things. As those ones in Hebrews 11, they overcame and they won strength out of weakness. And we also can understand and know that Jesus has been through and he's overcome all of these weaknesses. He went through these weaknesses just as we do, but he went through it without sinning. So consider this. Have you been feeling weak? Have you been unable to stand in the face of this global disaster, as an example, this COVID-19, or anything else for that matter? Then look to Jesus knowing that he will help you through this time and he will strengthen you and you will win strength out of your weaknesses. Here's a prayer point. If you're feeling weak or any time that you're feeling weak, 
then ask the Lord for his strength. Ask for his strength in your life. Ask him to lift you up to be able to stand in the face of any disaster, this disaster that's around us now or any other that's yet to come. So that's it for this session. Next time, we'll continue to look at this topic of weakness and strength. So until then, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off. I hope that you have a great week ahead and I look forward to being with you again at the same time next week. God bless.